0: Hello, Annie trenders! Welcome to the Grotaku hosted by the ladies of Anime Trending. First of all, Happy New Year. Happy 2024. If you're looking for nice tea and deep dive analysis about otaku things, you've come to the right place. We love our conversation and discussion, and we're back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I'm joined by...
1: Hello, I am Isabel and.
2: This is Agnes. I missed you, Isabel. It wasn't the same without you. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm glad to be back. But James was great, too. I listened to the podcast from the previous week, and I was very happy about it. You liked it? <laughs> I did like it a lot.
0: Well, without further ado, the Girl Talk to you today will be about original anime. So our first episode for 2024 is going to be about the original anime that exists out there. It's actually pretty hard to find, sadly. Uh, I would say anime movies, original anime movies, are a lot easier to find than anime series itself. Today, we want to highlight on some of our favorite original anime. Anime that we really love and we think are the best. And, And of course, most importantly, they are originals. They are not depending on a source material, even if the adaptation is very, very different. For example, I've mentioned Sudune and uh, Miss uh, Kobayashi-san's Dragon made before in the past for adaptations. They're very different from the source material, but they're still based on the source material. We're talking about purely original scripts here. Uh, so with that being said, Isabel being the first one back and also starting us off usually and kicking off the new year one, 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 all in one, uh, what are some of your favorite original anime you've seen?
1: Oh, yeah, sure. The uh- Uh, So I've seen a couple original anime, but I I always would like to see more. I think it's kind of sad that we don't have a lot of original anime out per season. Um, But it's definitely harder to work with compared to works that already have come from a manga or light novel and things like that. Um, But yes, the first one that I wanted to talk about is K-Project. That's probably my absolute favorite original anime. of all time just because I, I got really invested in the series and then I really liked the fact that after the series had aired uh, they ended up adapting it into a manga or adding more to the story with the manga adaptation as well as light novels as well. And so I really liked uh, all of that in combined into the world of K-Project. I, I think, Gracie, you watched K-Project as well, is that right or no?
0: yes i did oh, okay
1: did you watch the whole thing like the first season the second season and the movie as well
0: i did not watch the movie i just watched the first two seasons i think the second season i i wasn't the biggest fan of it and i can't remember why which is probably a sign that i didn't feel too strongly about it but i did like the first season so
1: what about you agnes have you ever seen anything from K project or no
2: I watched the first couple of episodes of K-Project when it came out, but I only I really just came for the aesthetics and the music, <laughs> so I didn't actually finish it at all, so I have very little context other than knowing who some of the major characters are and the basic premise of K-Project.
1: Yeah, so that's basically actually uh, what drew me in as well, the aesthetic and the music, and I think that's for most of the fans of the series as well. They'll argue that the aesthetic and the music are ex- like. Stellar, I think is probably the story that might be a little, um, I guess, not not exactly the best, or it it gets kind of confusing confusing overall. Um, but I did like the mystery aspect in the beginning. So in season one, you kind of meet our main character Shiro, who is accused of murdering someone, um, and that that person happened to be from like the Red Clan. And so, and the Red Clan is known to be like a gang full of people. And so, so that kind of starts a gang war between them and everyone else. And so, we meet like different colored gangs. And then each gang has their own like king. Um, And each king has their like powers that they pass on to their clan members. And so, anyone can join a clan. And apparently, you can also just... um, Apparently you can change clans as well, Um, and so one of the clan members who's in the blue clan actually came from the red clan, and so we also see things like people switching around. So I think the characters really made up for the series overall, and then also like each of the kings themselves. I don't know, I always put in my head that they were trying to make like a rainbow out of the series, because of like red, green, bleak, uh, red blue green and stuff and the purple and i was like okay which color are they gonna do next or like who's the yellow king the yellow king turns out to be the gold king so i really like that even though there's like a lot of characters in the cast um i really like the fact that they still like it's easy to point out which character or like knowing that this king rules over this or something like that and so i think that was the most interesting part and overall it's also like a complete series so if you watch season one and then there's the M- Missing Kings movie that goes in between, um, and then the season season two, and that's pretty much the end. Um, I think they're still adapting some things into light novels. I don't know if that's still ongoing. But this came back. This came out back in like 2012, which I can't believe now. It's like how many years is that? Twelve years?
0: Yeah, a <laughs> pretty long oh time God. ago.
1: Yeah. I just feel like I I feel like I just watched it like yesterday or a year ago or something, but. I don't know. It's a series I always go back to sometimes. I really like watching the fight scenes especially just because the setting is like in an urban like sci-fi environment Um, and I really think they did well with the animation and the colors and the character design so I feel like it's always uh, fun to watch or fun to at least go back to and listen to the music and things like that. Uh, I definitely couldn't stop playing like the OST for this series, especially back when I was watching it in 2012-ish. So, but yeah, those are some of the highlights of this series for me um, overall. I don't know if you had any thoughts on it, Gracie or Agnes.
0: (laughs) So it's a little difficult because I feel like the studio behind K-Project has you know, not gotten a good reputation since Cape Project. Um, they're the ones who was going to remake uh, the Clamp Babylon anime, and they got accused of plagiarism from character design using actual, like, fashion outfit clothes that, you know, they were not supposed to, and they did not have permission to use for the character design, and they are also responsible for, like, anime such as... The girl forgot her glasses. You know that egregious Mm -hmm. egregious shot with, like, the beginning intro where he's, like, walking to school and the camera angle is really weird and stuff? I feel like we've all seen that on Twitter, so that is, like... I mean...
2: The girl that I forgot her glasses is very recent, but I think the one that really stands the test of times of how horrible its animation was from Gohans was Handshakers. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah! That that was really
0: bad. That was coming off of the success of K-Project, too. It was
2: literally, the like, uh, according to Wikipedia, it was two years after the success of K-Project. Actually, specifically, K-Return of Kings. So... Gohans, according to their Wikipedia page, K Project was in 2012, they did Coppellion in 2013, which Coppellion wasn't actually too bad, I watched Coppellion, and then they did K Return Kings in 2015, and then two years later they did Handshakers, and that really f***ed up their entire career after that. Oh,
0: I remember watching that and hating it. Like, not even just the way it looked, I was just like, this is the most boring story I've ever seen. (laughs) so yeah it's 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 kind of sad seeing how much they followed because i feel like k project is still pretty iconic amongst original anime but now they're more famous for being pretty ridiculous in what they adapt and what they write and stuff so so yeah i but i do think i do remember k project and i still do have fond memories of the first season once again i remember not being a fan of the second season to the point where i don't really remember much of it But I I think it was just the aesthetics were really different and it was an interesting concept and it had a beginning and an end that made a lot of sense. So it didn't jump the shark near the end, which unfortunately we've had experience with original anime, but particularly original anime of jumping the shark on. So, uh, so yeah, I think, uh, so I completely knew that I actually had a feeling, Isabel, that you were going to pick (laughs) K-Project.
1: Oh, really great I'm glad it was predictable
0: <laughs> I was well, well I was thinking to myself because I was thinking of all well, the original anime, and I was like I think Isabel might pick K Project because I do remember every time she's talked about it it was very positive so mm-hmm. <laughs> um already so if that is your first pick what is your second one
1: uh my second one is Anohana the flower th- oh ah,
2: yep mm-hmm. I'm surprised you chose Anohana because I was going through the originals list and I was like it could be Gridman, it could be Diazomon, and it could be Psychopath. I was betting on one of the three, but I can't believe you chose Anohana. Okay, okay, this is going to be interesting. Then. No, yeah, I
1: mean, I thought about psycho I thought about it really hard, but I don't know. I just feel like psycho is almost the same as K-Project to me.
2: Ah, okay, you wanted to, like, branch yeah. out. I see, I see, okay, okay, okay.
1: But yeah, Anohana also it has, a, like, a special place in my heart as well, just because at the time when I watched it, I thought it was a very sweet... Uh, anime and it's only 11 episodes. So I was amazed that I could be drawn into a series with just uh, 11 episodes and a movie, but I feel like you could watch the movie by itself kind of cuz it kind of goes over goes over the anime in general kind of just shortens it into a mo- movie vo- version. Um but yes, Anohana I thought was a great like kind of like coming of age story and then as you might know it's uh, about uh, this girl Menma who appears um, who apparently had died in, in the series but we did, we don't exactly know why or it's kind of like alluded to throughout the whole show and it's about these friends uh, specifically the main character Jin Tan who sees Menma as a ghost and then he has he's trying to bring his friends kind of like back together um, and these friends kind of question him like how do you see a ghost and things like that but you see how like her death kind of um, affected each of these characters and I saw and I thought that was really nice to see how each of these because you know it happened for them at such a young age that um, that she had died and it seemed like it was due to an accident um like by a river like she might have drowned or something and so but then like the way that each of these kids took kind of like that trauma or grief as they processed it differently and they all had to confess in some way that you know they felt sorry or things like that um and Jintan probably took it the worst because he ended up after that not going to high school I think and he totally just kind of like closed himself up in a room and so um, I thought this story was great, like kind of like you know, if somebody, especially if one of your friends or you know classmates that you knew of passed away at in at, at such a young age, uh, you know it's really sad, and then like you can't stop thinking about it. I feel like, and so that's how it affected all these kids as well uh, throughout the series. Um, and funny story, like uh, I think my my roommate wanted to watch this one in college, and so we watched it together. And I remember that like towards the end. I was, like, grabbing tissues. I was like, where is the tissue box? I can't find it. Uh-huh. And so... for yeah. you. <laughs> so that was really funny. Um, but yeah, we enjoyed watching it together. And then we also watched the movie after that. For me, I felt like it was a little repetitive because we had just finished the series. And then we watched the movie. So it was kind of like... I felt like it was a recap episode almost uh, for us. But... Either way, I I thought it was a great series overall, and I think a lot of people who actually uh, watched it enjoyed it a lot as well, especially as a drama, and I don't know, I haven't seen anything like that um, recently. The characters, I feel like, went really well together, and then, um, yeah, I also like the music as well in the series, Um, but yes, I, I, I assume both of you have seen that one as well.
0: Yeah, I mean I definitely have. What about you, Agnes?
2: I only watch parts of Anohana and then when I heard that it gets sad, I was like, Okay, oh. no need to watch this no! anymore. That's good, goodbye. Agnes, <laughs> Save my feelings. Oh, no, it's
0: so cathartically
2: good though. <laughs> I I I don't like Field shows, you know this? <laughs>
0: Fruits Basket from beginning to end.
2: <laughs> well, because Fruits Basket hits a very nostalgic part, okay? That's my defense. So, <laughs> Fruits Basket, okay, Anohana, but, I'm just okay, like, okay. okay, I'm done with this. Well, okay, but Hana
0: is written by Mario Okada, who we all love.
2: <laughs> but I should also preface that this was before high school started. Ah, okay. Maybe I'll revisit Anohana now that I'm an adult. But before high school, I was the edgy high school. Was like, I don't watch cute shojo things that have feelings oh
0: in them, so. okay i <laughs> see yeah, now it's that's, starting that's, to that's,
2: make sense <laughs> that, that's the basic part of it right <laughs> so i, I was apologize like, i didn't actually watch anana
0: because i was like you know agnes agnes is a huge fan of mario kata like yes mario kata's work i love mario always Kada, but hit but she's an yeah. incredible original screenwriter you know so
2: i was like but i watched mario Koda stuff after I finished high school. So that was a that's a different phase in time. Now, no. okay. <laughs> Why do I sound old? Jesus, I'm not that old.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, high school is pretty far away, even like, you know, in your 20s. That's that's a pretty far away time. So right,
2: it feels really far away. Yeah. Like, I think all of us now here, it's been at least 10 years since high school.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you change a lot in the years. Yeah. It's so ironic because you think I, like, I keep thinking about this is off topic, obviously, but I keep thinking about how like people always say high school years are the years you change, but it's like, like physically you change a lot but I feel like mentally you change the most after your body has already changed that's my feeling on the matter so uh so yeah it's it it doesn't surprise me at all now now that you've given me the timeline well you should revisit it when you have time (laughs) because it is really really good uh it is excellent and actually I was thinking to myself Isabel when you said you watched it with the friend I was like y'all are we're both crying (laughs) weren't you (laughs) Um, yeah, so I'm also a huge fan of Anohana. I definitely cried. I I sobbed, like a very bad sort of just sobbing in my room <laughs> sort of sob at the very end. But in a way that's like very... It's not a sob where it's like traumatizing and you get angry at the series or anything like that. It's a nice sob where it's just like, yeah, it was worth my tears sort of thing. Um, and I, I honestly think Anohana is very very iconic because it's been years and years later now and whenever people make any posts about it just you know celebrating its anniversary stuff like that people flock to those posts like they react to it because it like made such an impact on everyone who's seen it and word of mouth spread quite a bit even before social media was big within just your circles it spreads very quickly and so a lot of people have seen Anohana I like I I wonder if that was probably one of
2: her Mario Kata's, like most famous works. Uh, it's it's probably her most famous and her earliest one of her earliest works.
0: Yes, I agree. I'm I'm like looking up her Oh my gosh, she has such a stacked. <laughs> she has such a stacked um a list of works, but uh, yeah, she oh Oh wow. She, I didn't know she did Wandering Sun. Oh my gosh, my, my 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 respect for her just went up tenfold now that I see that she did Wondery Sun. Um, uh yeah, that is definitely one of her her earliest original originals that she's written. So um It was, I mean, that's one of her earliest one. That's excellent. Like an excellent piece of work. The emotions were right. The pacing were just right. I'm actually really excited because I don't know if you saw the announcement, Isabel. You probably did because you're usually editing the news articles. Is that the team of Onohana is coming back for an original movie, I think, this time, and the trailer looks amazing, so I'm very excited for that. I don't know if it's a sequel or not, I think it kind of is, or at least it's definitely tied into Anohana, but regardless, even if it's separate, I'm really excited, because the Anohana, like, the entire series is so excellent, I have so much faith in, like, the people behind the series itself, uh, yeah, it, it, it's really good. I, I don't really have much else to say about this. Sorry, Isabel, because I just think it's excellent. So.
1: Oh yeah, same feelings. I thought it was excellent as well. And then the yeah, I uh, yeah, the fact that it was adapted into I think manga as well after, and it even had live live action adaptation. Yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. surprised yep. by what they might come back with. I think they want something for like a 10 year ish anniversary thing. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, but yes, who gets to go next after me?
0: It is Agnes! Agnes, who which are some original anime you would like to spotlight here?
2: I am going to stave off on my favorites, because I, I definitely talk about them way too often on this channel. Um, one of them being Buddy Daddies. By the way, go vote for Buddy Daddies on the yes, 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 award. Please, please! go vote for him um and then the other one that i also wanted to at least shout out and mention was like id invaded which Mm. i really like but i do have um three other series that i want to talk about on this podcast two of them i think i love them a lot because they're very musically inclined and i watched it at a very young age i was very impressed by the musical score of it and the last one is a little bit more recent that i featured during our um morally ambiguous episode. Okay. Like a morally grey episode. Um so we'll start off with the the musically inclined ones. I think it suffices to say that nobody likes this series anymore, especially after what happened in the second season. But it still holds a really like it still holds a very soft spot in my heart, which is Guilty Crown.
0: Oh, oh yeah. And the
2: reason why is wonderful. Egoist was the first I think it was considered one of the first Japanese bands formed for specifically An anime and they just blew it out of the water it was one of Hiroki Solano's like earlier works too so when I first heard Egoist and when I had all that musical score like incorporated into like the theme songs and in the the insert tracks and BIOS is the most famous one now it gives a lot of memories for me even though the series itself wasn't super great in season two but season one was actually very very decent overall and at the time I think Guilty Crown had really good animation uh, values as well uh, for its time.
0: Is it just the music I guess that you liked of like the first half? I'm just gonna, I because I, Guilty Crown is one of those series where it's like everyone knows they jumped the shark <laughs> in the second they half. They very
2: much jumped the shark. They jumped the, sh- I think I really liked season one because season one was paced like decently okay. Yeah. And I really like the beginning of season two because season two kind of shows like that decline of Shu's character. Right, yeah. Where mm-hmm. he goes from like a young boy who's scared of things, but becomes a hero, and then you can clearly see that he starts to abuse his power, right? Um, and kind of become like despotic over all of the survivors. Which I'm kind of like, you know what? That's very valid. Like I like this change of a character, but at the very end, it becomes very weird. It doesn't really make sense, and everyone's like, "What happened?" <laughs> so that's the definitely jumps the shark moment. But overall, the pacing from season one up until the beginning half of season two was dec- done very decently well too um and then there's also i like the the split between how uh the main character in guilty crown has like a love interest in somebody who he can not obtain like a manic pixie girl and he gets involved in like her terrorist schemes and everything and then the girl who really loves him at the end is the one that actually kind of like breaks him in a way um so i kind of like that uh that dichotomy and you don't actually see that very often anymore in anime so Yeah,
0: I, um, Guilty Crown was, it was very standard for me the first half. Like it wasn't Something that I loved, but it wasn't something that I right. hated either. Though I, I, would like to remind listeners again, or any new listeners who don't know this and haven't heard the first episode, I or any of the prior episodes, really, uh, I'm not really a sci-fi girl. Uh, any sort of sci-fi tech techno sort of, um, what's the right word? Cyberpunk, uh, cyberpunk sort of thing. It's it's not really my thing. It's not my style. So it actually is. It takes a lot, and it's actually a pretty big deal if you're able to make. New me like something in that particular drama, a genre, that either means it's very different from how the genre is usually written or is so good that it can get someone like me who's usually not into it to like it. Uh so that naturally already kind of had it working against me just from the way that it the world works in that sense. Uh, but I, I, w- I, just thought it was fine per se. So I wasn't as big on it as everyone else was. But I do just remember the insurmountable disappointment <laughs> everyone had with the second, the second season. Like it's weird how that's the stuff that I remember. Uh, but I will say though, I do think the character designs are pretty iconic.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're you, they're pretty iconic. I think even if you put all the side characters together, yep. you you'll remember like what they look like, and what their yep. role was in the series. Yep. Like, I think this was even, now that I think about it, Guilty Crown was the, probably one of the earliest anime series that featured an act, a, actively featured a disabled character.
0: You're right. Who's in I, a wheelchair. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree with that. Uh.
2: Yeah, and she's probably one of the stronger female characters, side characters within the show, too. So I was kind of like, you know, Guilty Crown had a lot of pitfalls, but it had some interesting ideas for the time. It was, like, what, early, like, 2010, 2012? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people were kind of, like, experimenting with anime and trying to get it off the floor into something more unique before it hit something very mainstream.
0: Yeah. And on the topic of character design too, like I, I don't know if you remember us discussing this, whether it was like casually or even on the Girl taku podcast. I think it was casually, but I was saying how I, it's kind of ironic because character designs aren't as memorable for a lot of new anime now versus a lot of older anime. They're really like, you just know oh, yes, which yes, anime yes, yes. they came from. And I was like, Guilty Crown definitely was in that. I can't believe I have to call it older. But in like that older phase of the anime, <laughs> where you're like, oh, you know where those characters come from in regards to the way they're designed. So, um, so that's something that I do miss of it as well. Uh, Isabel, have you ever seen Guilty Crown? I
1: actually haven't, but I had only heard good things from it, um, at least in the beginning, uh, like Agnes said. So. But yes, that's about all I know. But I do agree with you that like the character design, when I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, that's from there. Or the music itself, I was like, oh, that's from there mm-hmm. as well. So uh, even I knew a li- at least a little bit about that. hmm.
0: righty. So uh, you said you had two musically kind of related original anime? Uh.
1: Yeah,
2: the other one is, is going to be really surprising, but it'll make more sense. It'll be Samurai shampoo Oh,
1: okay. Oh,
2: okay. Uh. I think for the time, Samurai shampoo I think, for an anime series did very much fine in that regard where it's like there's a start there's an end it ends a little bit ambiguously because it starts off with this journey of these three myth misfits who band together in order to find the samurai who smells like sunflowers Um, and they all have like these very weird hitchings and um, situations that they get themselves to in order to find the samurai who smells like sunflowers and then there's a very much of an open-ended, interpreted ending for the three of them. That I think suits the time period for um, an original anime work. But the one thing that I really loved about Samurai Champloo was that its score was um, produced by Nujabes, who unfortunately passed away in the early two thousands. Mm. But his work was really notable at the time because it 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 fused together a lot of like jazz, a lot of like hip hop, kind of like as a bit of rap as well into this really eclectic score. That somehow works for Samurai Champloo for a weird, like, Edo type of period, like historical fiction series. And I just really like that overall. And it's really funny because Nujabis has such a big impact on the millennial age of anime that oftentimes I've come across people who will study in college with me. And the one soundtrack that they'll put up to study to would be like a Nujabis homework edit for like an hour. Wow. And they'll just sit through that listening to Nujabis. And I was like, Hey, you know about Nijavis? They're like, hey, you know about Nijavis? And that's, that starts the conversation.
0: <laughs> I didn't know that. That's that's pretty cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, Nijavis is pretty influential. He has a lot of um, works that are online that have been homework edited in the early 2000s that have like millions of views on it. So it's, I, I would suggest people checking it out.
0: Well, I think even beyond the music I think samurai shampoo is excellent
2: I agree yeah I definitely agree okay
0: because I was like I remember uh, admittedly it's been a while but I remember loving
2: it you know so it's cool isn't it it's very very cool it's the right (laughs) vibes kind of cool it's
0: the vibes I think the vibes and the quirky characters yeah it, it just hits all the right spot I feel like I feel like that was a series that knew exactly what they wanted, and they went for it, and they got it. That's my feeling of the series. Absolutely. And I—I I heard you react, Isabel. So uh, have you listened to the music, which is you know what Agnes highlighted, or seeing the series itself? Uh.
1: Yeah, for me, I—I I actually had not watched the uh, anime. Like, I guess during the time it was, I watched it much, much later probably within okay, the last yeah. four or five years uh, from now. Oh, very, uh, re- like, more recent. Okay, yeah. Recent, <laughs> so I guess my, like, <laughs> I feel like it was nostalgic because actually what you said about New is Agnes, that I was kind of like, I feel like every person in my middle school trying to listen to that and sharing right? YouTube videos <laughs> of that to me. And I was like, I don't know why people love this so much, but no one ever told me it was like, it was because, you know, I heard some of it in the anime or something. Like, it was just a thing. Like, it was this type of, that type of music I feel like um and then that was what everyone listened to and then I think if you watch like streamers back then or something um if people were playing games this would be the thing that they would listen to so mm-hmm. but yeah when I uh was watching the show and I listened to music I'm like oh wait a second I've heard of this before or yeah I it, <laughs> it I was like, transcends time <laughs> yeah, so this is where it's from um but yeah, otherwise, I had a great time watching it as well. I definitely like the characters, uh, their design as well, I think are very, like, you can definitely cannot forget about them. Right, yep. And then <laughs> uh, I found it very funny as well, and I think the director behind it is Watanabe, who is also behind Cowboy Bebop, and so yep. just kind of, like, that feel. I feel like that slice that of Life series, at least in the early 2000s, or watching these shows, it's just so different. And then I feel like it's timeless. You can always watch it. Um, even if it's later, you'll still have an appreciation for it overall. Um, but yeah, I also have good feelings about that, and I wish you know we could see something like it again. But yeah, it's really hard. I don't know when we will.
2: I think a lot of Japanese anime that try to focus on the historical Edo period don't have the same vision as Watanabe because a lot of them is very are very like preserving of national integrity and kind of the the samurai vibes from like the 70s and the 80s, where it's just like austere samurai film, where, you know, there's like a helpless person, and the samurai comes and whips out his blade and like kills like five enemies in front of him and then wanders off, right? Into the distance, black and white, kind of Akira types of series. So I think that's what current Japanese anime does with cer- certain samurai series. Of course, you have series like, Gintama that has a completely different twist on the samurai genre, but I think that's the very more expected version of it and why you don't see too many more um, inspirational works like Watanabe's that focuses on a much more broader or interpretive version of that time period.
0: I also wanted to ask, Isabel, because, uh, you know, times change and our view and, you know, our perspective on things change. So as someone who was more of an adult when watching this versus I was definitely, you know, a teen and, you know, a kid by that sense. uh, Like, you know, how how did you feel about the series? I know you said it was fun, but can you give a little more about like how you felt of it?
1: (laughs) Yeah. One thing I noticed was that it was definitely felt a lot slower in terms of pacing. Um, Oh, okay. it is it's very slow like i think i was used to anime just kind of like pumping out things like oh we're gonna get this arc this battle this was the
0: era when i was watching all those naruto fillers so i did not care
1: about the things
2: (laughs) (laughs) naruto fillers card to sakura sailor moon sailor
0: moon also had a lot of fillers so yeah sailor
2: moon yep definitely dragon ball z bleach had a lot of fillers during this time period too
1: yeah, so honestly it probably wasn't that much different if you were watching all of that in the same time. But yeah, now watching it <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh syllabus th or like you know, the events that happen or the fights that happen are like I guess smaller in a sense and not like put so mm. much emphasis on it and it's more about kind of like being in the moment there and then also just um, kinda like being where the characters are at and going through kind of like what they're going through or like figuring out what what to do next next step or things like that um and just so yeah I had to be like I had to think about it as or just kind of like having um like if it was like obviously 23 24 minute episode just expecting that for the whole time rather than expecting it to be split into like three parts or something and something is going to happen but it was very it was continuous at least um within the episode itself or dragging on to the next episode, or maybe we won't revisit this until, like, later on. Um, and so I think, yeah, that's kind of the approach that I had taken. It was the same, I feel like, for Cowboy Bebop as well. Um, it kind of brought me back to, oh yes, this is what a slice of life type of series might be, or uh, rather not slice of life, but episodic type of series is, like,
0: Got it. Well, um, thank you for sharing that, because yeah, I was really curious as someone who's you know watching it much more recent than the two of us are when we uh, when we talk about it. And Agnes, you said you had a third one, right?
2: Yeah, the third one that I wanted to feature is not like the other two where music was something that stuck out to me for these two series, but it was more because I did watch this when I was an adult, and the one that I really liked was Ninety One Days.
0: Oh. oh. Okay, okay. <laughs> and, and I like
2: ninety one days, I think, because at the end it ha it raises a very compelling question of like, is revenge worth it at the end? Because the entirety of the show is a revenge plot. It's about, you know, a a young a young boy whose family gets killed by the mafia and he tries to take revenge on the mafia by integrating himself into the mafia, befriending certain people in the mafia, and then slowly killing off the members one by one but at the end of it he's faced with the dilemma of did he actually form true relationships with these people even though he had um, a means to an end and many of his other friends that were involved in this ploy were also killed or brutally tortured or otherwise and it was i think it was really nice of a dark series to see during the time that i was watching anime as an adult because it felt like a lot of my adult life has been like isekais, fantasies, and things like that. And I wanted something a little bit more harder, a little bit more realistic and darker. And so 91 Days, I think, fit that bill really well for an original series, too.
0: So, uh, fun fact, I actually covered 91 Days back when I was just a wee writer of Anime Trending. I think I was still on probation slash trial really? period.
2: Really?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, I actually covered it on our Facebook and that was really it. Anime trending only existed on Facebook at the time, which is insane. And the thing about 91 days, and this is personal bias here. It's a little too heavy for me. It's just uh, a it's little a bit too heavy for you. Yeah, okay. Just a little too much. I, and you know me, I mean, this isn't surprising knowing my personality. I tend to, uh, like hopeful endings more, even if it's bittersweet, you know, I, 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 something a little bit hopeful and I it was just so sad and like just uh, for me at least it felt so hopeless at the end that I was just like I it's a little too much for me so that's so that's why I didn't I I remember it because I thought it was a little too much but um but that's why it's stuff def- it's not on my list but I do remember it so
1: <laughs> I really like 91 days as well hey compatriot yeah, it was definitely darker <laughs> but it it kind of satisfied my, like, I guess everyone might have this idea of getting revenge on someone, but I'm mm-hmm. probably not doing it. It'll just end up as something that's like my, my little daydream, perhaps, uh, in the moment while I'm angry at them. Um, <laughs> but... Isabel plotting <laughs> their revenge while she's angry! You know, it's that one meme of, like, nobody plots
2: a revenge out loud yeah.
1: Yeah, I, re- I there was there's this one time in high school where I was really mad at the teacher and I was sitting right in front of him and I was like, okay, how would I possibly get my revenge against you, girl, <laughs> girl not against yeah, the teacher, not against the teacher. <laughs> but yeah, so but yeah, otherwise, yeah, I just thought it was satisfying, kind of like seeing Abilio go through all the steps, joining the family, and then also him just like being conflicted because he had joined the family, and it seemed yes. like he would be nice towards them because he was you know he, they they feel like they kind of address him as like a brother they believed him and things like that um so it was interesting to see him like struggle with that and knowing that like his real friends like you said getting tortured along the way or maybe even getting killed like that must have taken a toll on him but then he does like he actually completes his mission and then after that you know what happens i remember like the last episode being like i think it was kind of, <laughs> i don't know if it was an open interpretation but
2: it is open to interpretation. It is open. Okay. It is definitely open, he, yeah. He shoots the mafia kid, mm-hmm. and he walks off on the beach, but it's like a very empty dialogue mm-hmm. scene, so you don't really know if he truly regrets killing... Um, the Mafia Kid Or if it was just like It's business is business
0: Right It's actually So you know It's funny Because I just said That I You know It's not in my top In regards to original anime But I do remember The ending scene Like It's so, so memorable So wow, well. It's yeah. so detailed In my head Because it was Angelo who was Walking ahead Because he's Completed his revenge And he feels Kind of listless On what he wants to do And where he wants to go And on that point Like when he lost his friend I think it was like after he lost his friend, he was like he has to finish the revenge mm-hmm. now because he's already sacrificed his friend to it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But he was just walking ahead and basically was telling the other protagonist to be they're they're both protagonists, but they're on opposing sides, is what it is. And um, and he essentially has his back to the other protagonist, being like shoot or let me go, do whatever you want. And it does a close-up on the uh, the second protagonist, like, clutching his gun and looking really pain. And you do hear a gunshot. But specifically, it ends with just the second protagonist driving off. And you don't see a body or blood, for that matter. You just see a peaceful beach. So it's very open to interpretation. Because he really could have just shot at the sky, for all we know. Like, we just don't know. So, um, so yeah, like I said, it is pretty insane that I can remember exactly how that ending scene wit (laughs) so that's a kudos to his writing abilities despite the fact that in a personal way it's not my type so
2: (laughs) no absolutely and i think one other point that i wanted to make for 91 days is that there's a couple of other revenge type of animes that have come out in the most recent years um one of them i think is a fantasy series that i do not like and the other one would be similar to like revengers which also Mm -hmm. came out ah yeah like tokyo revengers Mm -hmm. even And we've talked about this before offline where a lot of these revenge type of animes don't invoke that kind of feeling of interpretation or like a philosophical, is it correct or is it not correct? Um, Is it the morally right path? But it's just like a pure revenge fantasy of killing and torturing people without any kind of remorse. And that, interestingly enough, is appealing for a lot of people at the very beginning and then it completely drops off all the way at the end versus for 91 days i think a lot of people really like it because it's just so introspective throughout the entire series especially for an original anime too mm-hmm. yeah it's also very quiet despite everything yes it's very quiet yeah. yeah there's a lot of action i think at the beginning and at the midway point but overall it's very quiet at the very end
0: yeah um yeah no uh, also uh, this is for when it to when it's to gum angelo as a is an excellent example of an INTJ. He's going to be one of the options to pick from when we Yay. get to that personality type. He, he really is just such an excellent example of it. So, um, just wanted to drop that note really quickly. <laughs> um, Alrighty, so are those the three that you wanted to cover?
2: Yes, those are the three I wanted to cover.
0: Okay, so... For me, um, I'm glad that we already mentioned Cowboy Bebop. I'm not going to talk about it, but I do feel like it's so big and important and influential in the anime sphere to not mention that Cowboy Bebop is an original anime would be insane. Um, if you have not seen this classic anime, please, please, please go check it out. It has not aged a bit, which is crazy because it's old, but it, it really has not aged. So I, think, um, so I think if anyone's new to the anime sphere, please go check out Cowboy Bebop. Uh, for my original animes, the, funnily enough, the ones I picked are all more recent. No, I'm not going to talk about Buddy Daddies, but
2: uh, I do want to highlight... <laughs> Both of us avoiding it. <laughs> um, Actually, all three of us avoiding it because Isabelle also watched yeah. Buddy Daddies. So really... Good on us. I, on the back the for I think I'm
0: only going to love it more as the years go by, considering how much it's sticking in my memory, but right now, I, I kind of want to focus on some other ones.
2: So. <laughs> I see. The, the wound is still a bit too fresh <laughs> <laughs> it still hurts a bit too much.
0: Um, so the first one I actually want to talk about is Licorice Recoil. Oh yeah.
2: Oh Licorice Recoil is a good one. I was I was going to consider it, but I'm like, I don't think it's my top favorite, but yes, go ahead. I adore
0: Licorice Recoil. I loved it. The second the first episode aired, it won me over so quickly. And I just continued loving it until the very, very end. I, I like the ending. I, um, I do want to note that they have an excellent charismatic antagonist, which is very important. Like to get a story right, you can't just have a really charismatic protagonist. You have to have an antagonist to go along with it. And, um, uh, Majima is honestly mesmerizing as an antagonist. He is so fun to watch and watching his interactions with, uh, Chisei in particular is, um, it's just like it's a it's a blast to watch, but of course there's also Takina's relationship with her, and um and that makes um and that was a big deal, and um and their relationship feels so real and grounded and genuine and honestly romantic. Like I I do like watching Chisato and Takina's scenes just on YouTube and compilations because they're just so sweet and there's such like an emotional sort of intimacy happening between those two girls. Um, it, it just blended everything that I wanted together. Like, that's the best way I can say. Because it has the action, because you know I love action. So it has the action with the gun and the and the martial arts and the fighting. It has the intrigue of the world and Majima and sort of like what he represents and, um, and the theme that he represents as being against Chisato. Um, you know, there are, uh, oh, and fun fact, they do have an explicitly gay couple. I mean, they've broken up by the time we meet them. But not only that, like part of the couple, one of them is black and that's incredible. And he's a Japanese person, a black Japanese citizen, which is amazing because yes, they do exist. And um, and it has the romance and it, it just has everything that I wanted. And Chisato is such a charismatic like protagonist as well. That being said, I do love Takina. I think her character development is incredible. Chisato doesn't really have character development. She's pretty set in who she is at the beginning. So Takina is the one that goes through that character arc. But I really, really love that character arc and how, she, how it's her relationship with Chisato and that developing fondness they have with each other that really changes Takina as a person. And I'm absolutely thrilled to hear that there's going to be a continuation of it. I don't know if it's still going to be about the main girls who are the leaders. I mean, obviously, they are the two most popular characters from the series, so it doesn't surprise me if that's the case. But don't forget that in the uh, Licorice Recoil world, there's two groups. There's the girl groups, which, um, which we know Chisato and Takina comes from, but there's a group made completely of guys, and we did see them very, very briefly. So... I'd be totally fine if the sequel has now shifted over to the guys instead because I think what they've, um, what they've already created is really, really good. Uh, Shingo Arachi is the director and, um, director and writer of this series, and that was his first time directing an anime series. And that was also his first time writing for uh, an anime series. So Licorice Requo is his first in every single way. And I think he absolutely nails it. I just want to give a shout out for that as well. Uh, But yeah, so that's how I feel about Licorice requo girls, if you want to contribute.
2: (laughs) Chisato is the John Wick of anime. (laughs) That's all I wanted (laughs) to say. (laughs) And also, funnily enough, Licorice Requo is pretty well beloved in other circles. Um... The Who is it? Hideki Kojima, who is the director um, (laughs) of Metal Gear Solid, which we all know, and also Death Stranding, is a huge, 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 huge underscore, bold, italicized fan of Licorice Recoil. If you go on his Twitter page um, and you scroll back to the year that Licorice Recoil was airing... He's bought t-shirts of Licorice Recoil. He has reposted stuff about Licorice Recoil. He loves Chisato so much. And it just cracks me up how these two spheres kind of like intertwine and that Licorice Recoil is like a truly beloved series, even outside the anime community as well. So it really shows how well of an original anime it has impacted. Similarly to like Cowboy Bebop, where it has transcended its original boundaries or its original audience.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to lie, I was a little disappointed that Licorice Recoil didn't win our original screenplay awards last year. Um, Who won it? Uh, it was Cyberpunk it? Edgerunners, which I know is, um, I know you guys love it, um, but I I'm just love 50/50. Licorice Recoil more.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit 50-50 on both of them, because I think both of them are pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think talking more about Cyberpunk as an original anime for the best screenwriting is debatable, only because cyberpunk really got its like notoriety because of how badly the games flopped at the very beginning. right? And people were just like, oh, but it's like a bloody anime series from like Netflix that's so original, it's my trigger, da-da-da-da-da. But I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's okay, it's not that bad. It's a very standard trigger production overall. So I do agree with you that Licorice Recoil should have gone the original screenplay, but I'm also still kind of like 50-50 because this was one of Trigger's more original works that did really well in the past couple of years.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, and on that note, Trigger is a studio that's very well known to uh, take risks with original stuff, so yes. just want to put that yeah. out there. Yeah. Um And what about you, Isabel? How did you feel about Licorice Recoil?
1: Yeah, I really liked it as well, uh, overall. I didn't watch it as it was airing, so I actually watched it after, kind of like all together, and I was like, okay, I I see why people really like this show. I also really like Chisato. I mean, I like watching John Wick too, so it was nice to see uh, the fight scenes uh, overall. I think that was probably <laughs> my highlight.
0: Isabel is like, I approve of the John Wick of anime.
2: <laughs> so. Yes, that she is truly the John Wick of anime. He would be proud.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, similar to John Wick, I had a lot of questions, so every time I saw them fight, I was like, how does she do that? That, That should not be possible. But okay. She has a mechanical heart. Let's not forget (laughs) that. It's
0: a bit sci fi, so a bit, not like a huge part. So Yeah,
1: I feel like it's nice that the sci fi part didn't like overtake everything um in the show too. Yes, I
2: agree. Yeah, because like you got Otherwise, you get like original series like Wonder Egg Priority, where the sci-fi goes way, way, way too far. You know, I
0: I was thinking of Wonder Egg Priority because I was like, if that ending did not happen, it would have 100% been discussed today.
2: It would have been really good, yeah. (laughs) And it would have definitely made it on this list of this episode, too, because it's about original screenplay anime. Yeah, exactly. But it didn't, unfortunately. Uh, so who's your second?
0: So my second one is actually a super recent anime, and I think it's a, it's a super recent one. I want to talk about it because it didn't really garner a lot of attention, honestly, but it did affect me emotionally in a very good way, and it's
2: Overtake. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. I remember seeing your Twitter post, but I don't know
1: much about it. Yeah. You watch
2: overtake, Isabel? I watched
1: the first episode. I have yet to go back to it, but I, I liked it. I know I will like it so okay okay
0: yeah so in there i i'm really impressed in the way that they entwine various different storylines but they are truly connected together at the end you know i love a good like different storylines get tied together in a neat bow kind of story and that's exactly what overtake does i'm honestly shocked because I have literally no interest in racing whatsoever. I don't care about it. I don't know anything about it. I've never seen any of the famous movies about racing, whether it's, um, whether it's like trashy entertainment or whether it's actual Oscar winning movies. I just care so little about racing. I never engage in it. Uh, but I did want to support the fact that it was an original anime and seeing from the PVs that the uh, production values behind it were actually quite good. It didn't feel right for me to step out on it and not and not like take a look at it, if nothing else. And I'm really glad that I did because the story is just absolutely excellent. I cared about the racing results in the anime. like That actually mattered to me, which is insane because you'd think that never happened with me. But it but it did because I cared so much about the characters there. Um, one thing that really struck me about this series that really made me think honestly is and I'm ashamed to say this is I never really thought about the responsibilities that famous photographers hold over the world until the series talks about it. Because one of the main protagonists, he's a photographer who essentially kind of lost his craft. And the reason why or at least the way the series sets it up is that the reason why he lost his craft is because he got a lot of criticism for publishing a photo that he took while he was in the area during the 2011 tsunami that happened. And he had captured a moment like just a terrifying and heartbreaking moment of a child who saw the wave coming and knew she was going to die. And so, um, and then when he had published that photo, he got a lot of public backlash because they're like, why were you just standing there taking photos? Like, why were you running down to help her and stuff like that? And people were hating on him so badly that it seemed like the cyberbullying like made him lose his passion. But as like the series continued, there was one excellent episode where you really hear it from him. Like he, he had lost it already before all that backlash because what happened was he really was just too far away to help her and he actually tried to drop everything and run to help this girl who got separated from her family and the strangers in the area literally held him back because they're like you are going to get killed if you run in there like we you have to like we we just have to do our best and protect ourselves and the people that we can in this moment and he um and in his panic When he was, like, trying to grapple, he had actually snapped the photo of that girl at that moment and i i just can't stop thinking about the fact that these photos are so important of like tragedies of wars of like natural disasters of like uh, of things that are uncontrollable but those photos reach all around the world and it really really affects people it affects people's perception it affects people's um thought process and stuff and we never really stop to think about how the photographer felt at the time when they take such a grueling photo for the rest of the world to see and understand and that episode really put like shifted my perspective on that and my and you know I already have huge respect for photographers I'm not good with anything related to visuals whether it's photos or art so I automatically respect them a lot more because I can't do it myself but it just kind of skyrocketed tenfold after that episode and I hold it really close to my heart so um, so that's why I really wanted to highlight Overtake because it's honestly not an easy series to promote on social media. Like I wouldn't even really know like what screenshots to take and to provide um, on Twitter or or on Facebook, for that matter, that would make the series look appealing. But the production values is great, and the story really is just chef's kiss for me. Uh, so that's how I feel about Overtake. I um, I don't think that's spoil—I that, don't—no, that's not really actual spoiler information. But, um, but I hope maybe, if anything, my, like, description of it would entice some people to uh, start it and take it—and check it out, because it really is great.
2: <laughs> would
1: you say it's more of, like, a drama—
2: Yes, it is absolutely more of a drama. Ooh, that's interesting because it's directed by e, uh, Ai Aoki, who's also really good with his with his dramas in general. He was the director for like um, Fate Zero, Aldenor Zero, Recreators, and ID Invaded. Oh, Which, drama makes a lot of sense, but this is probably his first kind of sports slash real life. Type of series, like a modern series, rather than like a strictly fantasy or sci-fi series. So this is very interesting to me. I I kind of want to watch it now.
0: <laughs> I think you would like it, honestly, Agnes. Like I, I think, yeah, I, I do think you would like it. So. Um, okay. I think everyone here would really like it. I do want to go ahead and give a shout out to the screenplay writer as well, which is Ayumi Sekine. I think this is actually their first time they're doing a full script because looking at what they've staffed in, they've mostly written script or screenplay for specific episodes. So this might be the first time that they did like a full series
2: composition from mm. beginning to end. So yeah. They did a lot of Idol 7, Isabel. Oh, they did?
0: Yep, they did. They, they did. Script, they did 9 episodes of like the first one and then they did 10 episodes of the second one. Yeah, so they did quite a bit of Idolish 7.
2: Yeah, they also did stuff for funnily enough, there's Utano Prince Sama. Oh. <laughs> um, there's also a couple other ones for Baka and Tess, which is super old. Um, and I guess that's the maybe that's the reason why they were attracted to this position was because they were the screenplay writer for episode 17 of Aldenoa Zero, uh, which is also directed by Ioi Aoki, so they might have oh. gotten recruited by Ioi Aoki as a result, or at least uh, recommended.
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I- and I feel bad for saying this, but I was like, I would vote for Buddy Daddies for Best Original Anime on our Anime Trending Awards, but I'm like... Objectively, I think overtake my overtake
2: on <laughs> <laughs> Not you with your horrible pun. <laughs> but, oh is like enough, such a betrayal um, because it's
0: like I poured my heart and soul to buddy dies. but I'm like from an objective lens I think overtake is cleaner and
2: fresher and, so, and you know what that is completely valid because we need to get out of this era no <laughs> no no this either. era
0: cannot end I will not allow it
2: to we're get... in a new year Gracie new new era it is a new era for us and yet I still set slate. you
0: fan art of the two dads wearing I'm Knuff sweaters
2: so I s- stop stop so, 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 this is a new year. This is a, well, technically, the new year starts with the Chinese New Year, right? <laughs> most of us are Asian here or at least observant, so we have and one she's, more she's, month. She's
0: moving the goalpost now because she realizes, <laughs>
2: so. yes, yes, I am Dulule Sumi. <laughs> oh, funnily enough, Gracie. Um, Ayumi Sekin also wrote the script, um, some of the script episodes for The Night Beyond the Tricornered Window
0: interesting okay so
2: that might explain why you like some of the the type of writing that they've done yeah yeah uh, yeah
0: no i i mean i i still hold uh, i still hold to my guns that that anime's writing and story is very good the production values are horrible i'm not even gonna try to deny it but there's a good story there so (laughs) um yeah, so, I, I mean, you know, I think this is honestly a very successful, like, first-time full series composition they've did from beginning to end. So, I am, um, you know, I'm really looking forward and, you know, crossing my fingers, hopefully, that they get more original anime opportunities, because I think they can write. So, um, in the same way that I also think Buddy Daddy's composition writer could write. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Yeah uh I, I like uh isabel do you feel more excited to go back to the series now that i've like explained it a little more
1: <laughs> oh yeah it's been all my mind i i'm hoping to finish it before i start kind of the um, winter series so i i definitely like the first episode um the other uh, racing anime i don't know if you start if you've tried this one i was also interested in trying mf ghost which is apparently in the sh- same world as initial d so it's also about yeah, cars see, and racing
0: that's I, I wasn't interested in it because I was just like, racing is not my thing. So I'm not the right person to yeah, ask so about that. How did
1: you even like decide, oh, I'm gonna watch Overtake. Did you like watch a trailer or something and realize something?
0: I watched a trailer uh-huh. and once again, I, I wanted to support like an original, original anime mm. and the production values look good. I did have a feeling there was something more going on though, based on the trailer, because I watched so many anime now that I do get a pretty good grasp now of um I do have a pretty good grasp based on pvs where I'm like this is going to be good and I just had a feeling when watching the pvs I was like I think there's something special here like a, a diamond in the rough situation happening here so that's why I ended up picking that
1: one <laughs> oh I see okay all right that makes sense nice
0: alrighty well thank you everyone for listening and happy new year once again I hope you enjoyed our episode about our uh, you know our favorites of uh, original anime even if it's just a particular element or if it's because it's our personal bias and let us know if there are any of your favorite original anime you've seen we definitely want to support anime to uh, you know support more original projects because I think it's great that these screenwriters get to really flex their writing abilities and other than that we will be back next week with another fun topic So I hope you'll be here next time. Bye, everyone.
2: Bye. Bye -bye. Bye-bye.